2: Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR I me mean, you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. We got the whole squad here for you, Jesse Rudo, Megan AJ as rookie camp kicks off tomorrow for Colorado. So there will actually be things happening on the ice and all of that hockey things happening pretty much all the way up until the season from this point on, you know, some of it will be in San Jose with the the rookie showcase and all of that, but hockey things will be going on. So it's, it's exciting times, exciting times to get back into it. First question. Are y'all ready to get back to the rink? Very. I could use another (laughs) week. A little all over the place with that one.
1: No'm I'm, I'm very ready. I was this this was the most appreciated offseason uh, maybe ever for me. Uh, that, that was an emotional roller coaster for like three months. And I think I speak for everyone when I say we were just drained at the end of it. So I was ready to be away from the rink for a bit, especially jumping right into draft and free agency and dev camp and yeah, uh, all that. It was it was it was nice to get a little bit of time away from the rink. But last week it hit me. I'm I'm ready to be back and seeing and hearing all the sights and sounds. Yeah, it's
3: we're getting just the tip too because it's tomorrow. They're at the rink. And then we're not going to go to San Jose for the first time ever. We're not covering the showcase. And then they'll be back next week for training camp. And it's like, we're at the rink one day. And then we're like, we're like watching the rookie games. And um, we have some pretty cool stuff. I think that we're doing for the rookie games. Um, If you guys are part of our members only discord channel, uh, we'll be hanging out in there watching the games together and voice chat and stuff. So you know you guys can at least watch the games with us in that regard and you know the stay awake challenge will be very real on monday morning <laughs> as we do the watch along uh, an actual watch along um but no that's I, i'm i'm ex- like i'm i'm excited for that it was just not enough time um and just me like selfishly i my life has been so chaotic uh I haven't really had like a normal stretch of life since last year. So um. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm ready to get back into a routine. Yeah.
2: Routine will definitely be nice. I think so. Yeah.
3: At six o'clock at night, every, every day when the abs, av- when there's no hockey, I'm just like, am I really about to watch four hours of baseball?
0: <laughs>
3: like, is this seriously about to happen. Cause I like watching the playoff races, you know, I like watching that stuff down the stretch. It can get, it can get, it's mid-September. Like it's, it's a good time to, you know, it's a good time to, to, to watch like a Mets game randomly when they're in a playoff chase. So, you know, anyway, the structure will be great. And uh, (laughs) I'm ready for, ready for hockey and ready for juniors to come back. Very ready for the AHL, the ECHL. Let's, let's, let's get the hockey world back together on the same, on the same page. Full blast this year.
2: All the rookie games will be streamed through the NHL and the team websites, by the way. So that's how you get access to those or, you know, come vibe with us. Also an option. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. the Avs rookie camp roster this year, I think, is about as encouraging as we could have hoped for. Going into this rookie camp, we weren't sure what the roster was going to look like. We weren't sure how many people were actually going to be on it as far as internal abs options and draft picks, etc. But ultimately, I think just about everyone we wanted to see at this thing is going to be at this thing, other than, of course, the NCAA kids who can't come, but everyone else Mm -hmm. is pretty much there. So that's exciting. And the guy I wanted to start with, and we may not have a ton to say about this guy as far as rookie stuff is concerned... Is Ben Myers and and what your guys' expectations are for a kid who's expected to have an NHL job this year? Does he need to come in and and blow up this tournament, or is this purely just a turn up, tune up rather?
1: So I, <clears throat> excuse me, I wrote about uh, about Ben Myers and and his week here at rookie camp uh, in the five on five this week, and and look like for me, I, I just like. I don't even like go out in the rookie tournament and score four goals a game, but he just, he needs to look more polished. Um, He needs to have a little bit more pop, uh, you know, compared to the, some of the guys he's skating with. Uh, You're expecting to be an NHL contributor this year. The vast majority of the guys he'll be playing with playing against this weekend um, aren't expected to be there. So even if he's not dominating, you just want to see him out there controlling the ice around him. Uh, and again, just like looking like he's got a little bit more polished, a little bit more finished than some of the other guys you're looking at out there.
3: It would be nice if he scored four goals a game though.
1: It'd be, it'd be great. <laughs> it'd be very nice.
3: Like, like last year. Cause keep in mind last year that there was a guy in Bowen Byram who became a major contributor on a Stanley cup run and a minor contributor in Alex Newhook. um, like two guys who were regulars on a Stanley Cup roster last year were in this, were on this, on the, in the rookie camp last year. Neither guy overwhelmed. Um, so just for context, like, it would not be fair to be like, hey,
2: I mean, Alex knew, was pretty good last year. New
3: was pretty good and like Byram was okay. And then he had like that four point game at the very end with the overtime winner where you were like, all right, cool. But ultimately, it didn't really matter that much. Um, it was not like a big jumping off point or anything like that for any, you know, Byron unfortunately, got hurt. New Look got sent to the AHL, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. So it was, it ended up, I, I just as like a, hey, for, for context here, those guys ended up being, being regular mainstays in a, in a cup lineup. And the rookie tournaments were not dominant. So don't don't expect Ben Myers to roll in and just be like, okay, well, I'm ready to shred, bros. You know, like it's just, but that would probably not be fair. But polish is a great thing uh, to to really look for. You want to see that he does a lot of the little things uh, at a, mm-hmm. at a very easy level. He makes a lot of a lot of the stuff that you look for for a guy that that's like, okay, this guy's ready. Um, you do want to see some of that. It'd be nice if you won some face-offs and showed some nice speed, and all situations look dangerous, did a lot of different stuff, but um, as, the, as the, like, one, this guy's going to be on the NHL roster guy, uh, he's also older, so I do think you are, like, hey, you want separation.
1: Mm-hmm. But
3: I always try and temper expectations and be like, look, these guys are not going to go like a guy like Ben Myers is not going to go 150% at this thing. You know, guys who are on invites, guys whose future in pro hockey might be dependent on this. They're going to have a little different attitude. But a guy like Ben Myers is like, goals one through three or don't get hurt. And then after mm-hmm. that, we can talk about some other stuff. But yeah. this is this is like a week, he gets like a week jump on training camp.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned Newhook and and Byron and and they're actually Newhook in particular was someone that I was thinking about when I was writing about Myers um, for the exact reason that you just pointed out. You know, I I remember him in particular. I think we were even talking about it maybe even earlier this week about how last year Newhook, like he struggled in training camp and um, obviously didn't make the roster out of camp. But there was just still, uh, again, like a presence and a polish about him in that rookie tournament, again, you know, in rookie camp. It's like, okay, you can tell this guy's played at a little bit higher pace, a little bit faster speed before, looks a little bit more comfortable. And that, for me, is what I'm looking for out of Myers. And then, yeah, any of the fun production that comes after that is great. Uh, but for me, just, you got a handful of NHL games last year. You know, you played all four years in college. Uh, like just said, you're older. You're going to be a little bit more physically mature. That's what I want to see out of him. And and he's probably the one I'm watching closest um, this whole week uh, or this whole weekend. Uh, just cause yeah, you, you want him to get a good, good jump on training camp, get off on the right foot, get his legs moving and, and, you know, hopefully be able to, uh, you know get rolling downhill a bit on, on what you hope is a successful season
2: for him so uh, this is a situation where you're watching him closely right Megan I know we kind of talked about this during the dev camp where it was like okay we watched Ben Myers for 30 minutes and we're moving on because he's he's above and beyond at the, at the dev camp are these game situations more important
0: I actually wanted to touch on that because in dev camp, we really only got to see game like situations in the scrimmage, and he had the unfortunate pleasure of being on Team White. And that was a team that struggled to produce offensively against the Burgundy team. And it's not a reflection of who he is as a player because he was. The top player for Team White, alongside Barons, and he has that leadership acumen in his background already, and was among the oldest there, and will be among the oldest here. That you hope to see a little bit of that translate in the tournament, and then a little bit of a redemption story for him in gameplay, from what we saw at Dev Camp, because we know that he did stand out as a cut above the rest in Dev Camp for a reason.
2: Okay, I. <clears throat> The thing with with Myers and, and someone like that in these situations is, again, his role in the NHL, certainly to start the season, is going to be a bottom six forward. So I, I see where you guys are coming from when you talk about wanting to see that polish, especially because that's, that's the more translatable skills in the role he's going to be given. Now, offense is great course, you will take as much of that as you can, and you hope the kid can can reach his ceiling in the NHL. But you do have to keep in mind there's also an NHL job that that kid is preparing for, and it's not going to be one where he's playing 22 minutes a night.
1: No, so. no that's a great point. It's a great point, Rudo. And like we've actually spent a decent amount of time kind of talking about guys in these types of situations. Uh, you know, recently AJ Greer is obviously. I think we've mentioned him a couple times just in the last week or so. And again, like that's, you, you want to see him doing this stuff this weekend. Well, that they're going to be asking him to do on the NHL roster. And, and I don't doubt that Jared Bednar uh, will have that conversation with him. Um, you know, the coaching staff management. Uh, hey, this is what we are looking for you to bring. Um, we want you to be comfortable in the NHL. We want you to feel like you can you know, do the things that make you successful. Go out there and do that. And yeah, you don't want to eat. sweet. 10 toe drag, you know, back across your body, elbow in goals. Like, yeah, sweet. Those are all awesome. You're not going to be doing that when you get to the NHL playing, you know, eight, nine minutes a night to start the season. Go in there, four check, go to the net. His goal that he scored last year's first NHL goal. What was it? Coming through the slot with with speed, uh, pursuing the puck. That's what you want to see him doing. Just more of more of what we saw make him successful in those first few games. That's a that's a great call out, Rudo.
0: I think Myers being there too is for the benefit of the younger players, especially some of those tournament invites who have a similar path to hockey as Myers. He is something of a role model to them, Um, especially these undrafted guys can be looking at that and maybe learning from him as the older player there. It's for the benefit of everyone having Myers.
3: Mm -hmm. Let's also keep in mind that Ben Myers has been down this road a little bit. Um, Not this particular, not the rookie camp, but, Myers is a guy who got NHL offers after both of his freshman and sophomore years and said, no, thanks. I'm not ready. And then tore apart college hockey last year after his junior year and said, okay, it's time uh, because you know, 30 NHL teams were clamoring for him. Uh, but I do think Megan, your point is, is a good one in that the, the camp invites the undrafted guys, Hey, just keep working, just keep doing your thing. and, You'll have a chance, you know, if you, if you just believe in your, you believe in yourself and you, uh, you, you tap into your talent, you know, you, you could end up with an ELC. You could end up as the guy, you know, that, that is at a rookie camp and he's, he's a couple years older, but uh, you know, is, is the guy that's at least going to get, and then it, it has an NHL job like lined up for him and is not coming in here on an invite and really like the abs are a good organization weirdly to, to feel good about because they've had success from this, from this route before. Uh, and that's where I think, Hey, it's an organization. It's also an organization that has very few draft picks, uh, in the system the last couple of years and on the way. So their contract pool they're very open minded to they can hate if they want to continue to sit at 42, they can. But if they want to give an extra ELC out to a guy, impressing at something like this, that's how Taryn Fizer ended up getting a deal. Uh he, you know, it was an AHL contract, but if that guy was in line for a deal last year, got hurt in the last game uh, of the rookie tournament, and then was on the Avs radar all year. Like that's a that's an easy show well at this and this is an organization that has shown we'll bring you in we'll we'll continue we'll continue to fight for you we'll continue to give you opportunities and we'll give you deals
2: yep it's uh, despite the different situations of, of someone like Ben Myers who who doesn't necessarily need that opportunity don't make any mistake there absolutely is opportunity for guys at things like this it's, it's how guys can earn contracts and how guys can continue pushing their hockey career in the right direction. And uh, we will get to some of those guys. I do want to get to this, those guys later in the show. But I do want to go through the guys that have at least some NHL experience first. Um, next up being, of course, Sampo Ranta. Technically the most NHL experience of any of the apps going to this thing with, with 10 NHL games under his belt. Um, Sampo in an interesting spot here. I'm curious what your guys, maybe not expectations, but what do you want to see out of Sampo at this thing?
3: I think I want to see confidence uh, (laughs) because the one thing that I think was lacking at the end of his Eagles season last year. And as the year went on, it looked like he was really struggling to be comfortable being Sampo Ranta being the guy that he learned how to be at Minnesota uh, the one that they kept trying to drag out of him, trying to drag out the beast, right? He's so big and he has such <laughs> physical ability and his his natural tools are all there. Sambo Ranta has it in him to be an NHL hockey player. Uh, everything is there. He just has to put it all together. And I think the number one thing you want to see out of a young guy who's coming off of a tough first professional season, you want to see confidence. You want to see a guy that's not afraid to make a play. Who's not afraid to take contact. Who isn't shying away from the things that made him successful getting to pro hockey. Because pro hockey beats down a lot of young players and takes the confidence away from them. And the guys who really succeed, the guys who find their legs and move on are the guys who figure out, hey, I belong here. I belong maybe even beyond here. I'm, I, I can handle this. I'm going to go do my thing. I'm going to trust in myself and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to I'm going to to show what I can do. And with Sample, I just want to see a confident young man again cuz it yep. feels like it's been a long time since we've seen the 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 Rambo Santa. You know, we we want we want to bring him back.
1: Yeah, no that that's really you know, confidence um I, I yeah, really I mean that that might that might be the only word to to describe it. Um, uh, and I'm not going to repeat a ton of the stuff that AJ said, but I think that was what that was, what is, what was exciting about him making the roster out of camp last year was you sat there and you said, you know, he's, he's got the tools. He he's got the ability. Wow. He he's shown enough to get the chance. And and you were sitting there and you're saying, okay, he comes out in, you know, early in the season, he puts a couple home, he starts feeling it. Oh, you know, are, are we looking at like the, you know the early stages of Miko and light here? Those first ten games, not only did they not go well, they 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 went pretty bad. I I would say for for Ranta,
3: the one goal he um, scored got
1: taken away. I was, I was just about to say, yeah, he the the one the one feel good thing he had gets called back, um, and and it did. It looked like he. He he just completely lost that confidence in himself and who he was and and what he was capable of by the time he got sent down, and it's and it's not that I think he had like a bad attitude or, or didn't take the coaching or threw a fit when he went down to the Eagles. I just think he was completely in his own head of, um, you know, it, it felt like he was right there knocking on the door, becoming an NHL regular and, and really starting his career to. Things kind of come off the rails a bit, and now you're being sent down. And when you were sent down, you were immediately replaced with a call up and Alex Newhook, so you knew that you probably weren't. Good. It was just a tough year for him uh, between the ears. And like AJ said, it's that's the hardest part for a rookie in pro hockey is how do you overcome the longer schedule, uh, doing this as a career. Um, and and I'd like to see him just back to to what what we saw out of him the last couple of years, um, whether it be at college or, or at this same camp or in uh training camp last year. Um, cause, Cause I really do. I, I, I remember AJ and I liken him a lot on kind of like um, a, a swing for the fences type thing at the draft in Dallas. Like, yeah, it'd be great if this kid works out, but he's going to go to college and it's going to be a tough road. and It might beat him down. And he just excelled, excelled, excelled. I audibly um,
3: laughed when they picked him.
1: uh and and so just he's so close and you just want to see him be able to get over that mental hurdle and and get himself back in the fight more than anything else because uh to me at the end by the end of last season didn't matter what he did uh that 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 season had kind of come unraveled for him a bit and
0: to keep the context and perspective too it's his first pro season and you'd like to see more i think our expectations were high because we do envision a bottom six nhl role for him in the future and i think that's still a possibility but tampering expectation on his path to getting there is important especially after the pressure put on him from last season surrounding that i think the confidence is important too because he's going to need it to establish a consistent role in the eagles forward group because last year he lacked consistency and opportunity and that's difficult to work around. You really have to have confidence to carve out that role at the AHL level to earn those opportunities, and it can be really difficult to get them in Cronin's lineup, and I think that harmed him so he wasn't around consistent line mates at points, and this is something I'm excited for and hopeful for in the tournament because he has played with Ben Myers at Minnesota, at points, and he had success at Minnesota, and if they can recreate and maybe jumpstart his confidence, by getting looks together in the tournament, I think that would be so wonderful for him.
3: I think it's, I think this is a really like, it's a low key important guy for the Avalanche organization too, because it may not be this year. It may not be right away, but this is a guy that you're looking at from this prospect pool right now. And you're saying if JT Comfort walks in a year, you know, you want to be able to have a guy that you can call up because JT Confer is going to roll into free agency. Somebody might want to give that guy $4.5 million, $4 million. Should the Avs be doing that, dude? No. No.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if there was a team out there giving him, like, five, for real.
3: We'll see how the year goes first, but... Right, right. especially with his playoff track record and somebody somebody's gonna sell him on the clutch factor. Uh there'll be a there will be a GM in Vancouver who will be like we gotta I, uh, I, was,
1: I was gonna say you can you can almost even like picture the GMs that would do it all yeah, way, exa- right?
3: exactly. The <laughs> desperate like the desperate ones who are trying to get across that. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Um. If, if, Ed, if Edmonton has another like second round exit this year, Ken Holland's like back up the truck, JT <sighs> yeah. Conference hitting UFA next year. Like
3: Right. He's like Derek Ryan, you're out of here. JT Comper, <laughs> save us. Yeah. Uh anyway, like point, point being, um, yeah, dude, Lou Lamorello is actually a great answer too. Mm-hmm. Uh no, it's it's the point is is that if you lose a guy like a JT Comper, you don't oh, want to have to turn around and go and like spend money on a on a replacement. Having a guy like a sample Ranter that could come in. And now he's not going to have, uh, obviously he and JT golf are very, very different players. Yeah. Um. But if he could come in and if that guy can give you uh, a 15, 15 in the NHL, and he plays with the kind of speed that he does, and he's got that extra size and he brings some of that snarl. Cause we saw last year, a couple of guys tried to really lay him out and they, and, and Sample stood his ground. Like he was good. He was like, I'm, Kind of a truck. Sorry.
1: The big dude.
3: Yeah. And that's that's the thing. If you can get all the other things to kind of click for him, this is an important guy. And and you know, see he's ranting. I I would say he's in that same category as a Maltev, as a cow, you know. Uh, to a lesser extent at this point, a Shane Bowers, like those types of guys, like those are the guys that we've been talking about for a long time that you say, okay. If a guy moves on, at like some point, yeah. like sometime, but you would you would love to get an NHL player on an ELC that's going to be in a bottom six role for you, uh, you know, like what, like kind of like what we just saw with Logan O'Connor, and now Logan O'Connor's on a million dollar deal for the next three seasons. Mm-hmm. So you know, if 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 you can get that kind of value. Out of a, out of a sample rantle, like his development is important. I know that we talk about like oh, like they, they they can just move these guys. They're they're in a win now window. They can just trade for this guy or trade for that guy. Well, this is the time of year that you see what you have in the kids. Come March, the ship has sailed. It's not it 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 especially with a team trying to compete for a cup. You're tightening the screws in March. You're not dicking around with a new lineup unless you acquire four guys at the, at the, at the trade deadline, like they did last year. But even then you're not messing with a prospect, like, Oh, can he can, can this guy break in? Like, it's, you know, it's not like that. It's this, this is now the, the time of year that a sample Ranta can make an impact. And this week, this tournament, a good tournament should be able to be something that he uses as a springboard. Build that confidence. Go into camp, going into NHL training camp next week, feeling good about himself, feeling like I am Rambo Santa. The NVR is just waiting for me to, 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 to be an, N- an NHL player to drop the shirt that they designed a year ago. Like, you know, like, I can do this. I do belong on this level. And having, like, getting... It, it just feels like things have gone so sideways for him in the last year. He had such a struggle that first pro season that we've all just sort of like mentally moved on. Uh, and, and really kind of feels like this for most of the prospects in general, just because of, it feels like they're all a million miles away. Where do they fit? You know, how, Oh, when are they going to get opportunity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But his development would really be, well, his, his development would really be a, Big, big boon. And his development, some of these other guys, Ben Myers, obviously, if he becomes the guy that that we're envisioning, like they get a free NHL player out of that guy, that's huge for the Avalanche.
2: Well, and to what Megan was saying earlier, when you look at the success stories coming out of the Avs ahl system, uh, dating back a long ways here, when Alex Newhook went down, looked dominant in the AHL, got opportunity there, proved he was beyond that league. You keep going down the list of, of guys that did that. Tyson Joe Stephen, when he spent time down there, was significantly more productive than he ever was in the NHL and proved, hey, I don't need to be here. He was averaging like four shots on goal per game. Yeah. And, and, and you're like you watched it and you were like, what the fuck is this, man? And, and you keep going down the list. Logan O'Connor, even going back to guys like Miko Randon and then JT Confer. I get Miko's a little different, but yeah. it, yeah. all of these guys went into AHL seasons and not only earned opportunity at the AHL level, they very clearly proved hey, I'm just better than this league. And yeah. that's you, obviously Sampo Ranta can't be better than the AHL at a rookie camp, rookie tournament, but he can put himself in a position to earn a top 6 role where he can do that this year with the Eagles.
1: The the other thing to, you know, like AJ was just saying, it's it's I was even making the joke before we jumped on like where the abs are at. Like there is a part of you that, that, yeah, you know, has to understand a lot of these guys are, they are looking at as trade chips who are some of these guys that could have value on the market that other teams would be interested in, but it's also, it, it, it's, it's a really important evaluation time for what AJ was talking about. As much as the abs are in, you know, win now mode, you know, for these next couple of years, trying to do whatever they can to get over the hump. They are also trying to identify, okay, who are these guys in our organization that we believe can have an impact at the NHL level within the next one to two years? Because if they see a guy again, so let's say they say in their evaluations this year, wow, you know, looking at everything, we've really seen a big improvement in in the way that just because we're talking about Sampa Ranta, but it's any of those guys that are in that kind of sphere, right? Sampa or, you know, Kaut, uh, Malta, et cetera, et cetera okay, we do think we've seen a big step forward. We think he's someone who can, who can be a leader for the Eagles this year and can have an impact if we're needing to make some replacements in our bottom six next year. If they, are, if they still believe in that type of upside, those are the kind of guys that they are going to be looking to keep if possible. But you know, you look at a Shane Bowers, or, or again, I'll just use Maltsev as the example. If you come into camp this year and, and you watch the you know uh, rookie tournament, training camp, all that, and you're saying, we just aren't seeing what we want to out of a guy like Maltsev at, at this point with where we expected mentally you can kind they can kind of start putting that guy on the list as hey here's someone that if teams come calling if they have interest that's someone that we're happy to move on from cuz we don't see that as a someone who's going to help us win a championship in the next couple of years so as much as as we are going to make sure to you know keep reiterating that a lot of this prospect stuff um this year, next year, with it being within a Stanley Cup winning organization, you just look at the prospects a little bit differently, but that is a big part of it. The evaluation shifts from wow, who are some guys that you can kind of dream on to? Who are some guys who are we seeing some real tools and real ability that can help us win another Stanley Cup? Um that's just the reality of, of where they're at. In two years, once you kind of move to the middle or backside of that window yeah, you need to start restocking that a little bit more long-term, two, three, four years down. Who are some prospects we like in the system? Right now, to me, the evaluation is, can this person help us within the next year or two? If we think so, great, we're going to hold on to them. If not, even if they're a good player, we think they may be three, four years out. Uh, Probably time to move on. Or not probably time to, but you will probably see them move on from guys like that.
3: I would also say that it, you don't this isn't like what you're hoping for but the, the Canadians weren't after Justin Barron because Justin Barron was not good in the AHL. A guy that's having a good AHL season, a guy that's playing well, a guy that's uh, a guy that's showing like he he's got some development left in him that maybe he's ready for a look at the next level, but he might be blocked by a deep NHL team mm-hmm. or whatever. That's a guy that instead of a draft pick, the Avs could say, "Hey, look, Sam Rantas had a forty-five point year in the AHL this yeah. year. Yeah. We love the guy. We just don't have room for him right now. And instead of, you know, that's where you package him up with a—I don't even know what picks they have left anymore. But maybe you you put him with a, a mid-round pick of some kind. They've if they're all picks in
2: twenty twenty-six, it's yeah. Fine. So you put him yeah. with a
3: fourth-round pick in twenty twenty-six, and you." You deal him to the Flyers for somebody, you know, for somebody that can help on a on a cup run right now. You know, you go and get you go and get somebody because uh, you know a Darren Helm or somebody has an injury, and you're just like, ah, we don't we don't want to play one of these kids in this role. We want to go and get somebody that we're more comfortable can do this for us in the postseason. And blah blah blah, you know, whatever. Like as an extra, like a little extra bonus on the end of it. Like they do retain value as, Mm
1: -hmm.
3: as trade assets. If, if need be, it's not the goal of this, but is a side benefit. If push comes to shove, like they didn't draft Justin Barron to trade him. Right. Right. They drafted Justin Barron because they wanted a six foot two swift skating, right-handed defenseman that could do a little bit of everything uh, to, to be on their blue line one day. But when push came to shove, they saw an opportunity to get a guy like an Arturi Lekanen, who was a great fit for them. And they just said, look, we hate to do this. We don't want to do this. But we're but, you know, he's got that value. This is what we need to give up in order to get this guy. And that guy goes on and scores four game winning goals for you in a in a Stanley Cup run. Right. You know, like it's it's obviously that's best case scenario. But teams yeah, make those deals they every, to do it. <laughs> and teams teams make those those deals every single year and For don't sure. win anything.
2: It's true. Yeah. But
3: but it is a benefit. These guys do play well in the HL. They stay they stay valuable in the eyes of other teams yeah. because the same way we've talked about uh, tournaments, PTOs, things like that, other teams watch the Eagles too. Yeah scouts at every NHL scout that scouts an avs game on Friday night makes the trip up to loveland on Saturday to watch the eagles. All
1: right. Well, well and, we- and then the the Justin Barron thing. sorry, just last quick last thing really. Get quick. it in fast. Yeah, yeah, and I not even the McKinnon like draft story whatever whatever, but it was just fighting me uh you know when you're talking about that's not a move you want to make regardless of the McKinnon draft story whatever I know they were buddies. They're from the same hometown. They skate in the summer and shit like that. And I I loved McKinnon's quote after Lekkonen scores in overtime to send him to the cup final. Like, yeah, I, I'd trade him 20 times over again yep. right now.
3: And it's, like, I'll trade 10 first-round picks for him. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you don't want to do that stuff, but when 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 you get the results, especially that the Abs did, that's that is the goal. That's what you're trying to do.
2: The goal is they do it again, and I get to drink more Breck Brew while they're doing it. So go get yourself some Breck Brew right now. You can go to BreckBrew.com to check out all of their choices. They have dozens Priorities. of beers, a bunch of amazing merch. Uh, they have it in all of the lower 48. So there is a liquor store near you that has it. If you're from the States, be sure to go take a look. Again, you can find it online with their Breck Beer Locator. Uh, we're also brought to you by Avaca TV. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash Colorado 10, if you want to go pick it up today. If you're local here to Colorado, it gives you TV for just 15 bucks a month for the first three months, and only 25 bucks a month after that. It's got altitude, it's got AT&T, the in the right spot, uh, it's got the national channels, it's got NFL Red Zone, it's got all sports you could possibly want covered for the Colorado area, it has movie channels and TV show channels as well, 60 channels in total, so It pretty much covers you all the way through, and it's significantly cheaper than the other options for television out there. So check out Avaca TV today, especially because of the DNVR channel. You can watch us and and the other shows on there. It's going to have exclusive rights to the Nuggets documentary about Serbia. It's pretty cool stuff on there. So go check it out today, avaca.tv slash Colorado 10. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, there is one other player with NHL games that being used Eustis then We have also... Okay. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um it, We can talk about Ananin, but we've also gone 35 minutes into this show and talked about two players, so I want to open this up to the entire goalie conversation for the abs at this rookie showcase, um, because the three of them honestly might be the abs' strongest unit at this thing, so wherever y'all want to jump into it, go for it. I don't want to get stabbed.
0: Oh, it's okay.
1: Uh yeah, Megan, why don't you go first?
0: I don't know where to begin exactly. Like you sis, there's there've been departures to the organizational depth goaltending for Colorado. Um with Peyton Jones leaving, Hunter Miska leaving. So there's even more opportunity. Um, JoJo has come back. And so this is kind of putting a little bit more of a spotlight on Yusis that was already there last season as the starting goaltender for the Eagles. Um, That's a position you'd like to see him keep to follow along a track that would have him play some kind of role as a backup goaltender at the NHL level, maybe third string backup somewhere in there. That's the track you want you to be on. And that requires him being the starting goaltender for the Eagles again, next season. He had some moments of instability in March of last year. And so you'd like to see him sustain that confidence and compete level for a whole season because he had a really great playoffs. And so I'm looking at this tournament as, we probably know a little bit of what to expect from Eustace. So the spotlight's put a little bit on Trent Miner, who was able to come up in relief for Eustace at points last season um, and played well. So we just haven't gotten to see as much from him um, and he played really well in Utah. So it's just something to consider. And then of course, there's the youngest goaltender of the bunch that we didn't get to see at Dev Camp because of visa issues that, we're also looking at because we just haven't seen him yet. Uh, goalies.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see Zhigalov, uh, uh because uh, again, we have we haven't seen him. Uh, but also I think this is a, a the system is so thin at this point that you know on and in being where he is, and I actually had to double check this yesterday, but he's still only 22. It feels like he's been around for so long that the idea I was like, wow, he's he's really only just 22 years old. Okay, there's still some time here. Um, Not that I was in a hurry. It just felt longer. Anecdotally, it feels like Eustace Onoden has been around forever. Uh, But it's 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 seeing Zhigalov, and it's Trent Minor is an interesting guy. Because Trent Miner is a guy who has had stretches of absolute dominance at different levels in of his in his career, and we've seen him play phenomenal hockey, and then we've seen him really struggle. And so it's I think it's it's trying to smooth out the highs and lows and figure out where he really is at the end of at the end of that process. Uh, and if he can't do it, then you know he's not going to go much. Beyond where he is right now, but if he can, if he can start to to get that consistency, I really will. Uh, uh, I I really do like him as a prospect and wonder kind of where he where he's headed because he is again like these these are guys that are important. The Avs continue to spend money on goaltending uh, via trade. Uh, they haven't had a homegrown goaltender really be an impact guy for them for a long, long time. Um, like Calvin Pickard had like the brief moment in the sun and then was more Icarus than anything. So, you know, you, you want to, you want to see them get NHL talent out of these guys. And you would say, Hey, they've got this tandem that they have right now locked in for two years. That gives Eustace on it in two years to really smooth it out, <laughs> figure it out and get to that next level. But this should be a position of strength for them. And, in this tournament, you really don't want to see Anna and give up six goals. This
1: is, an, this is another guy that I wrote about, uh, earlier this week. Uh, I spoke to folks last year who I, I started talking to people on that, uh, East coast trip, uh, where Ananen did get the start in Philly and, and got a seven to five win, but it's a win. um, just about Ananin and how the Avs organization kind of saw him, and, and do we really look at this as as someone who uh, you feel comfortable giving starts to? You want to give starts to yeah. at the NHL level, and and for, honestly, internally, and I know this even even a little bit later in the year after Ananin had struggled, um, there is legitimate belief within the organization that that this guy has the upside the upside to, to not only be a full-time NHL goaltender, but they really do that. They think between uh, the size, the, 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 athleticism, the position that, that they think they could have a number one goaltender on their hands at some point in the future. And one of the things that I, I wrote this week is, okay, cool. I, I think as of right now today, you can still sell that, right? You, you can still be sold on there's enough upside for him to p- potentially be a number one goaltender in this organization one day. Um, but I really think that that needs to be solidified this year. doesn't need to happen this week. Like AJ said, you don't want to see him go out and get torched um, in-, in this tournament. Like I don't need him to go, you know, pitch a shutout every time he plays. If he does um, get
3: torched, I'm not going to make too much of it. I'll just be right, disappointed.
1: Right. 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 Um, but like right. for me, really this, this year you do, you want to see him, take a significant step. Cause if you can take that step, okay, cool. You're another year older. And to me, then that kind of dream lives on of this could be a guy with some, some NHL starter upside. If you see more struggling, more up and down some really high highs and then some, some pretty rough lows, then maybe you kind of just shift your focus to, okay, can we get an NHL out of this guy? Can, can, can we get a backup for a couple years uh, you know where we're not having to spend UFA money on both goaltenders. Uh, yeah, in, in two years, when when we need to be dealing with this, um, but I do. I I see him as someone if if he can improve on what he did last year, if he can be better than what he was last year. Yeah, why not keep the dream alive that that this is a guy that that your franchise sees as can develop into a legitimate goaltender.
2: And look, let's not beat around the bush with this rookie tournament. There are three games. The Avs are bringing three goalies to this thing. Mm -hmm. Each goalie gets one game to show their stuff here. And beyond that, who knows what they're going to be playing against? We saw it last year. I think it was L.A. that brought – like yeah, sixteen AHL established mm. players on to their rookie team, and it was they like,
3: brought their AHL team. They brought this. the Ontario Reign from yeah. the year before, right. and yeah. we're like, "Let's shit on everybody." And it was it that sucks, dude. That sucks, and they did, yeah. yeah. So that was not fun to watch.
2: Just keep the context of this tournament in mind, especially when it comes to the goaltenders, because who really knows what the situation is going to be with those things. And then and that's why Jesse, I think looking a little bit longer term over this season is so important for someone like you this and wanting to see that consistency.
1: Yeah. Like I said, for a couple of these guys or like we've been saying, there's a couple of these guys that yes, you can make some not like hard conclusions based on what happens this weekend, but it can kind of start, you know, connecting some of the dots for you and, and in someone that uh, to me, this, this whole year means, infinitely more than than what we'll see over the next week.
3: Yeah, he also he's going to play in the NHL. Like let's be real here, he he should get a shot as the third you guy. Think so? Yeah, as for as the third guy when when injuries happen things like that. Johannes Johansson sucks, dude. <laughs> uh like I he's just, gotten I... he's gotten away with it for a couple of games in in Colorado but like he sucks, dude. Uh, as an as an ego, I have zero objections. Him coming back, it's great. This is the only organization that appears to believe in him, and he has shown positive results in 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 Colorado. So, it's all good. But Eustis should be first in line. Yeah, in my opinion, he should uh, yeah. be first in line. And 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 like as the year goes on, if if Johansson like significantly outplays him, then that changes. But uh, this should really, especially if they truly believe they've got a number one. You're not dicking around with JoJo taking away starts from him. You need you need to develop your goaltender at that point. That has to be a focal point of the year for your AHL uh, for your AHL team. So uh, it it is it is a big year for Eustace because he does need to establish. I, I can give you guys spot starts. I can come up and I can be productive. I can do. I mean, that's a. That's not an unimportant position in an 82-game slog. And you hope it doesn't come into play in the postseason. But as we've seen in the last couple of years, teams go to their third goaltenders a lot in the playoffs. You get bad luck, you end up with that guy in net. So big year, big year for Eustace.
2: Uh, So do want to move on to the defensive group the Avs are bringing. Uh, I'll let Megan talk about the Eagles' ramifications here. But realistically the only person that has any real potential impact on the NHL roster to me for the foreseeable future is Zoravlyov. And even that is a, well, we'll see type situation. If, oh, right. Maybe, right. Yeah. So it, definitely probably more an AHL focused defensive core options here. But Megan, we can start with you. Who particularly are you you looking at closely at this thing?
0: This is a tough part of the tournament roster to look at um because it's Zaruvalov and Wyatt amit to me i am really not high on nate clerman and what you just said rudo i agree with you i don't see nhl upside for Wyatt amit and i don't mean that crudely but the i think he's in a really great spot at the AHL level he's just a defensive defenseman type stay at home and things could change like he made his pro debut out of college last year, too, with the Eagles um, late in the year. So he's only played a few AHL games at this point. So I, I could definitely have my opinion of why Amit changed. But though it's just it's Lil Z and Amit of this defensive group that I'm looking at in this tournament. And with a shout out to Nate Klerman, because I'm just curious of what happened here. Because the general conversation about this tournament is, A lot of these late round draft picks that are here, can the abs develop them? Can we see more from them? That's Trent Miner. That's Nate Clerman. What can we get out of these prospects? And so that is true of Nate Clerman. So he's someone to consider and look out for too.
3: You do. There are some invite guys uh, that show up every year that there's at least one invite guy that pops for me on defense that the abs bring along. Last year, it was the dust Two kid who ended up scoring Forty goals in the ECHL or something. Like, of the year. Like it was absolutely insane the year that he had with the Grizzlies. Uh, so I will be keeping an eye on some of these other guys, but really, like, this is the weakest defensive group that they've ever had at this at this particular event. Uh, by far, this is the week, and not being allowed to have. Uh, Nick Leverman and uh, Sean Barons here really hurts them because those are probably the two guys in their system on defense and Chris Romaine, just because I don't want to count out a guy that just got drafted, but uh, not being able to see those guys here really does hurt because those are three guys that you've used draft picks on that you would love to see playing versus some of the, some of the invite guys that you're just like,
2: Okay. Every prospect show devolves into us saying the NCAA is stupid at some point.
0: Well, how is
2: Nick Lieberman? Like, let's be real here. Nicky Lieberman is a really interesting
3: prospect at Notre Dame. He's always kind of been a misfit with the puck moving and the size and blah, 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 blah. But as, as, as a part of the leadership core, uh, there in, in Notre Dame and with his puck moving ability, with his skating, the way that he attacks with the puck, like he's a very like Avsian defenseman, and I don't want to just write him off. Um, but he is he is a super interesting guy that I don't know if he ever gets a contract or what what becomes of him. But I I, I don't want to forget about him.
2: I'm, how, I'm glad you have hope left. How
1: long? Forever. The fact that Nate Clerman is still hanging around.
3: Well, he's on an ELC.
1: I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just crazy. Just given the type of player he is, it's just it's it's crazy to me that he's he still got drafted around in six types. years ago. I know. Yeah. I know. I six dude. I I, I those prospect reports that we did for BSN. I remember writing about him and just like, he's fine, shut down guy. But man, this is a boring, boring <laughs> player. Nothing really going on. And, it's, and he's still here.
2: The Avs have have nailed this for the third time now because Lieberman's on the same path and yes. Romain will be on the same path of those guys out of prep or high school uh, where they go to the USHL for a year and then they play their entire college careers and then and then sign with the Avs. And it's an incredibly long path for these guys. Mm-hmm. And the reality is for guys with more NHL upside, they cut the corners. They they cut that path like after their yeah. sophomore or junior year of college and things like that. But it,
1: it's it, just it, crazy. That
2: yeah. It,
1: it's all wild of these years thing. later, we're still talking about Nate Klerman going to the prospect tournament. Like, holy yep. fuck.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, to answer chat question, Chris Romain is playing for Omaha in the USHL this year. Uh, before heading to Providence next season.
0: So in
2: 2023. We'll see. I, I will be honest with you. I don't have a great bead on any of the invites on the defensive side. It's just not something I've looked into very much. Um, but we'll see. On those guys, basically. Um, yeah. Probably hey, have more Great for opportunity
3: yeah. for one of those guys to jump off the ice and impress. Yep. You never know. I got super attached to Jack O'Brien last year.
2: Now, he was a forward, but you never know. Well, we got forward to talk about too. But first, we are brought to you all by Game Time. There's a link down in the description of this video right now. If you're trying to get tickets to events, Game Time is the way to do it. Uh, they have over 15 million people who've downloaded the app, so you should jump on it too to score the best seats to all of your favorite events. Look, they have tickets up to 60% off when you wait, so you can get tickets for ridiculously good prices. Uh, you go look at the abs games this year. Yeah. Tickets aren't going to be cheap. Hate to hate to break it to you, but it's hard to get tickets to a Stanley cup champ. Uh, game time can help you with that. Of course, they have everything else covered too. Uh, it's, it's got the Broncos. It's got the nuggets. It's got the Rockies. It's got the Rapids. It's, it's got all the sports you could possibly want, even, even college tickets. So they got you completely covered for all of that Again, the link is down in the description if you want to go check it out. They're they're super awesome. Game time, hook it up, get your tickets, go enjoy some sports. We're also brought to you by sexy pizza. You can jump over onto sexy pizza right now. Get in on that good good pies. Is that people call pizza pies, right? Yes. It's a thing people I I feel like Colorado doesn't do that. I feel like that's an East Coast thing. But Anyway, okay. go get yourself some sexy pizza. You can go to sexy to order today. They have five locations in the Denver metro area. Aj and I are big fans of their simple, you know, just plain cheese, just pepperoni for simple, easy people to please. But Dude, their buffalo chicken pizza that we got at the end of the Cup final—I think it might have even been before Game Six—was so good. I I would have loved more of those those game final the finals pizzas, but Megan just. Boarded That's them true. so we would get four pizzas delivered. Uh,
3: Parker would set them down, everybody would turn around for a minute, and then we would come, we would turn
2: back around. Both Megan
3: and a pizza were just gone, <laughs> just disappeared into
2: the night. Bunch of great flavors, AJ mentioned the buffalo chicken, there's the jalapeno cream cheese, uh, and a bunch of other philanthropies that they use. So you can go check all of that out. The philanthropies, some of the proceeds. Go to projects in and around Denver and Colorado, so that's super great as well. Again, sexy.pizza to order today. Third period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast. The forward core at this thing. Maybe the most interesting just because there's the most guys, uh, as, as usual. But I'll, I'll open the floor wherever you want to go. Obviously, the the bigger names that we haven't talked about, Olauson, Foodie, Bocage. We and should then, really
3: start with the first round pick there.
2: Yeah, okay. We can start with O'Lausen on his own if you'd like.
0: Your Honor, I love them all. <laughs>
2: um so a weird I, I always find these Euros kind of weird at these things, right? Because even though Olausen did play juniors last year, he does have experience playing pro over in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um and he comes into this knowing he's, you know, barring something crazy, he'll be in the AHL for the majority, if not all, of this season. So it, it, same kind of question as these other guys, but from a different angle, I guess. Is this a tune-up, or does he need to pop?
1: Sorry, we're talking about Lawson. Sorry, I was busy being sad that Ty Lewis retired. Um, what he retired yeah. that's so- yeah. our Ty Lewis, yeah, yeah,
3: man. I really liked him,
1: dude. Well, because you said a second ago, you're like, Oh, I loved that kid for no reason, and I was like, "Ooh, Ty Lewis is mine. I was like, What's he doing right now? Retired last
2: year, I still think he got done dirty at the AHL level, but that's a same man, another dude.
3: Guy, guy has what, what, what was it? He had a hundred points in Brandon. Points. Rolls into the AHL and uh, they what was it was it was that the last year of Chanel or was at the beginning of Crow?
2: I don't I don't remember. But I think it was the beginning of Crow.
3: Fourth line for Ty Lewis. Get the fuck out of well, here! In, in
2: that first year, he had like twelve points in thirty games.
0: Like he was doing point. okay.
3: Yeah. yeah, dude, he was good. And every time they sent him to the ECHL, he ripped that shit up I'm and so it was like, it. "Dude." Put him in a better job, please. And, yep. uh, anyway, and I can't get mad about this again.
1: <laughs> Doesn't that suck though, dude? I, I thought for sure he w- he was my dark horse for like two or three years. I was like, this kid. I was like, they've got something in this kid. And, and it just, just never made it. So I'm sorry. I wasn't listening on O'Lausen because yeah, I was I was pouring one out. We hadn't
3: said anything yet, so you get to start us off.
1: <laughs> um so we've actually talked about the three prospects that I put in my piece this week. So this has worked out swimmingly. Bring my mom. Uh, <laughs> Somebody up. Um, <read> yeah. <laughs> um. He's another one that I, I I I'm gonna I'm gonna kin him to Alex Newhook in a way, in the sense that um. I think a lot of the hype can cause us to forget where this kid is actually at in their development. Um, I know for me personally, uh, like you watch him last year, and again, in the preseason, I've mentioned this before, and I think he had two, if not a third goal somewhere. Um, he had some decent games in the preseason. There's one game in particular, and, and I, I, I apologize. I, I think it was Minnesota. Um, where they were playing again, like an NHL starter. I think it was Minnesota and I think it was cam Talbot. And, and I remember Olauson, I mean, blew one by him and you see that stuff. And in a preseason game that (laughs) can be a little boring, uh, you're looking for stuff that's exciting. And the one skill that Olauson has that I do think is NHL ready is it's the most exciting one. It's the shot. It's the one that can pull you out of your seat and, uh, you know, in an instant. And so I think a lot of people saw that they know that he's a first round pick. The abs aren't that far removed from the era of, they needed all the help and skill they could get. So any first, first round pick graduated immediately to the NHL. We really aren't that far removed from that era. So I do think that plays into a little bit more where you just have people. I think there's a lot of fans who were saying, Oh, well he showed so well in camp last year. The fact that they send him back down, it was to get one more year. Now this year, we're going to get, you know, he here's our Burakovsky replacement. And while you can maybe dream on that being like his future role.
2: Rudy's um, using his entire body to say no. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah <laughs> that dude yeah. plays
2: yeah. an NHL game before January. It will be like a miracle.
1: Oh, I was going to say this year at all. I, I but agree, yes. but I'm being generous. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, you know, so I think that's just kind of what a lot of people first round pick, Plus the fact that he, for who he is and how young he was, especially last year, showed well last year's preseason, um, and I just think that's kind of the expectation. That's just not where we're at with this kid yet. Again, th- I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's impossible. He could show up next week and blow the tires off everyone. But
3: should should always be understood that anything can happen at training camp, and that yeah. something weird always does. Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. guy that you don't expect always walks out of camp with a job on day one. Yeah. So he might not make it to day two, but he'll have it on day one.
2: I yeah. would, And he's it, just not there yet. It's, I, I agree. And I would compare him more to Sampo instead of New Hook here. Mm-hmm. Because you can see the parts of his game that are work, that are ready. And you can see the parts of his game that clearly don't work and are going to need a lot of, of, of getting there. The difference being... Olausen seems a little bit more steady, seems a little bit more level. We talked about Sampo struggling with the confidence last year. And it's different levels of competition. Obviously, Sampo was in the AHL and Olausen was in juniors. But even in the situations like in Oshawa where things were weird and he struggled at times, instead of getting stuck in a rut, then he would still every fifth game pop up. But, oh, here's a hat trick. Oh, here's <laughs> here's two goals. You know, he, he would still find – a little bit of, of trust in the parts of his games that we know. And he know works.
1: The
3: shot is randomly
2: have a four goal game out of nowhere. Yeah. It had been like two weeks
1: where you hadn't heard
3: from him. And then he scores four in one game. And you're like,
1: and the shot is that good again? Like, does that not sound just like Andre Burakovsky where it's like, Oh, he's terrible. Then suddenly he grabs a puck on the inside of the blue line and fires someone.
3: The fact that they're they're both Swedish, they <laughs> they both shoot the same way, uh, they're similar size. Like they they skate kind of in the same way. Like their scouts were probably watching Olsson in the draft year and freaking out because they're like, we'll just let Berkey walk in two years because
1: well, this, this guy, <laughs> yeah. And, and,
2: and, and like that's he's the easy. Like
3: that's the easy. Like if he works out in the NHL, he becomes Andre Burakovsky. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Although but I do think just... that that underrates Burakovsky's playmaking and overstates what olson has shown on that in in that facet of the game because I don't think he's really much of a a playmaker at this point.
2: Yeah, I don't and, either. And... But he, he fits some of the the puck carrying. Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: and, he can and, definitely and again,
2: skate pucks.
1: That, that's just, that's, that's all I'm looking for with him. And, and the reason I, I compare him to New Hook is I, I really do. I think, I, cause I kept having to remind myself at points last year that last year we were watching Newhook's first full pro or first full NHL season. um You know, every, we see rookies hit that wall at the back end um, a lot. And when he started tapering off, you're like, come on, what's going on here? When is this guy going to get it? And you're like, Oh, Right. Rookie year. Okay. never mind. And that's kind of my thing with a is you hear, you hear some of the hype, you see some of the highlights from WJCs or, or uh, I, again, I keep going back to um, preseason last year and it just maybe kind of gives you a false sense of where he's actually at. Not, it's not a bad thing. It is not a bad thing. He still has the upside. Uh, you still hope you can get a quality NHL out of him. It's just, this is an 18, 19 year old kid got a ways to go.
2: What Can you paint the picture for the Eagles situation with him, Megan? Is Is top six realistic for him, or is it going to have to be something he's going to have to work through?
0: I think it's something he has to work through. It's realistic, but I don't think he gets that role at the start of the season outright. I think it's something that he'll have to demonstrate he can handle. And as we were talking about him, too... He's a player especially that you don't just look at this tournament and draw any meaningful conclusions because Olsson's game is best understood over the span of several games because consistency can be something where you see him show up in big ways through this period, but then you see the weaker sides of his games over the next couple. And so it's important to like look at this tournament, take it with a grain of salt. Um, and, and look at a full body of work over the course of a season to get a better picture of who Oleson is. And who he is is someone who can take on responsibility. He was able to play meaningful minutes for Oshawa in the playoffs. He got a couple of looks with the Eagles at the end. It was just a really quick glimpse. But then for the WJCs, he was also someone that Team Sweden turned to to take on responsibility. And so this is absolutely there for him as a top six player with the Eagles next season if he can just continue what he's been doing and really start to work out the finer details so that he can consistently do it.
2: Yeah. I mean, if O'Lausen can find consistency at the level of play we know he's capable of, that's, that's the fast track to the NHL for him. But I would be shocked to see if it didn't take at least half a season or the entire season for him to be comfortable. I just don't think
3: that there is a fast track available to him, um, to be honest. And, and, barring
2: like a dominant. And, uh,
3: I, okay, a I should be clear. Fast track to the because... NHL
2: means he has a job next season, not this coming one.
3: Yeah, because I'm like, as I've mentioned, like the Avs are not in a position where they're not messing with their AHL team, giving them call up minutes unless they absolutely have to. Yeah, They're not messing with those guys post deadline. Second half of the season. There is no like, oh well, if he has a great first half of the year, then you know, maybe they call him up and then no. We talk about the Avs doing that with prospects. They've never behaved that way. The only guy they ever did that with was JT Comper. So otherwise, they have never done I, that. They have never behaved in that manner with a with a prospect outside of uh when injuries necessitated Ryan Graves and when injuries necessitated Logan O'Connor. So
2: and then those guys just stuck. My counter, but, my counter argument for a call up there is, we saw the Avs start to understand this year. Hey, maybe we do a little bit of load management in the last six weeks of the season. Maybe okay. we give some of these guys some time off to but stay healthy. But you only have four playoffs. call
3: ups post deadlines. I understand. You've got to your spots.
2: I understand.
3: That's all I'm saying. They've never done that, and that would require them to run away with their division again this year. So, like, maybe like, maybe. end of the year they could do that um like i that i I guess i could see but uh i'm i'm of i'm more of the opinion of look at look at how they've always behaved it is never like that they never intentionally put themselves in that position so they don't they don't ever they don't ever act like that so i'm not going to suddenly think that that's different and with all of a sudden coming into this year he has too many guys in front of him that he has to work his way through. That unless That is he scores true. In, unless he scores 20 goals in 20 games to start the season, and you're just like, <laughs> ah, what's going on here? You know, unless he's like dominant and is like, this guy has to be on your NHL team, uh, which would not be a fair expectation whatsoever of him, then we probably are not seeing him until next year. And then, even then, you're still having the conversation of, What's going on with the guys around him? Yeah, This is the weird, where the abs are as an NHL team puts them in a permanently odd spot to be when it comes to prospects. Because a guy like Olsen probably isn't a dude that you really want to give like third or fourth line minutes to, to really touch into what he does well. Uh, But you're not going to just have a top six job open. At any point. Like you're a you're a Stanley Cup team. Like, you're a high-end NHL team. Five of your six top six jobs right now are locked down for the foreseeable future, assuming McKinnon ever signs an extension. Even without that, four of the six are locked down, and Olison doesn't, he's, he's not a center, so he doesn't really touch on either one of the opportunities that are there. Yeah. So, like, this guy's got, he's got a long, there, there needs to be a lot of patience with him. Because opportunity is not knocking on his door anytime soon. He is going to have to force his way in. And I think that's the reality when we're talking about any of these guys. The Avs aren't handing any of these guys a chance. They're going to have to to play at such a level that it says, pick me, coach. Because there, there just isn't opportunity sitting there for them. They're going to have to knock down the door. Not have the abs like keep it a little ajar for them and be like, well, maybe <laughs> well, like it, it. These guys have to come smashing through it like the Kool Aid Man.
2: So, uh, the, where is that hierarchy then? With with Olausen joining the <laughs> AHL roster, then you also have a foodie and a bocage.
3: Well, Bokaj, I think, is in is in a worse position than Olison.
2: I would agree. Because
3: I think Olison is ahead of bocage there. But you would love to see some progress being made. Um and that's that is he's a poor he's a poor skater with a great shot. We'll see how it goes. I'm open to the idea that Alex Bocage has a, has a lot more to give than we've seen so far. Last year, again, first pro year. We'll see how it goes. He's such a good shooter. I'm not I'm not about to count out a guy that could score goals. It's mm-hmm. just, I'm just not, you know, but uh, with foodie again, it, this should be his first pro season. The fact that it's his third is just how the world worked out. But again, I'm not, uh, I, I don't even know where Jean-Luc foodie fits in the NHL. What do we view him as right now? Is he a wing? Is he a center? Is he a top six guy? Is he a bottom six guy? What the hell is Jean-Luc foodie anyway? Has his shot gotten any better? Is he still an elite playmaker? What is he? Because He's that's
1: trade for to win a cup.
3: My one thing about Jean Luc Fouty is I'm like, I he fits the AB style like brilliantly. But what is he when you get him into the NHL? Because he has been all over the map for the Eagles in varying degrees of success in his two years. Sometimes and he got white hot during the postseason last year and might have been the Eagles best player uh in in that series against Stockton. Like they were like what are like you guys are joking about defense because you know I'm hilarious, but like really, like I I don't know. Maybe Jean Luc Foodie is the guy that ends up replacing JT Conference. It's not Sampo Ranta. I don't know, but that's my thing with foodie is I, I just don't know what to project him as. I love all the tools. I love watching him play. He's an exciting guy. I just don't know what he is.
2: I, you know, everything works out. I think he's a middle six playmaker and the problem there is he needs to PK. Yeah. I mean, that's the, you could
3: say the same thing about Sampo, right? Like if you, you add PK, if you add PK experience and ability to their game, like Jean, Jean Jean-Luc Foudy should be doing his damnedest to turn himself into Arturi Lekkonen. Yep.
0: We're clamoring, not we, like abs collective clamoring to see a make his NHL debut right in the next one to two years. And Foodie has had a jumpstart in his pro career because of the unconventional way that he was able to get now two years pro experience. It was really his first full-length season last year, and by the end of it, he had solidified a role on the second line, and he has predominantly played wings, so I think you could count on it being difficult to imagine Foodie at center presently just because he hasn't gotten a lot of looks there as of last season. Um, But even still, I think Rudo's projection of some middle six Playmaker is pretty accurate, and that next level for Foodie is getting more reliable defensively and maybe getting looks on the PK. It's something that Foodie expressed interest in last season. So whether or not he gets that kind of trust um, remains to be seen next year. But he started to earn the trust of coaching because of his significant play in the playoffs. And so he was getting opportunities in overtime minutes because he started to prove that he could be responsible there. So I think they're, grad- they're keeping him on a short leash, but it's because they can. The timeline and the track that Foodie's on has kind of always been unconventional. It's what makes him so fun to me as a prospect because I also don't really know where Foodie's going to end up, but I haven't had to think about it as an NHL immediate future because he's on this track that it gives him time to develop. And so I fully expect him to be in the AHL full season before I start imagining what his NHL upside is because he made such strides last year that I'm hoping for him to take another big leap this next year. He's just so fun.
2: It's out outside of Myers. The harsh reality of this tournament this year is even the prospects that you're hoping get or rather that are at the top of the call-up list, you hope are not here. We we touched on it the other day. It, it's count and Maltsev that are really the guys you're looking at in the Avs AHL system. And it's like, these guys should be the first call-up options and they're not here. So, yeah,
3: and when we're talking about Olson and and Sampo and and Bocage, like getting opportunity and stuff, this is part of my frustration with them going out and get like, you need some veterans,
2: right? But you don't need like sticks, yeah. But
3: when you go and you get Charles Udon and you get Lucas Sedlak and you get Anton Bleed and you already still have Jason Magna, it's like
2: too many. It's too many. It's
3: like, dude, like, can you give your kids a chance here? Unless unless you, for some bizarre reason, really are planning to play those guys as, like, middle sixers in the AHL, like, can we I, – I just would love to see them really lean into, hey, you have a really deep forward group of prospects for the first time ever. That should make up the majority of your core. Let's do that. And instead, it feels like they're making the prospects fight each other for limited positions and and just forking over – solidified AHL roles to uh, these, like, veteran guys, which, again, you need some of. You can't just have none of them. You need a couple of those guys around. You need some adults in the room. Well, some of these kids are adjusting to pro hockey. They might be adjusting to living in the United States, you know, different culture, um, of being away from home, like, whatever, right? Uh, there's a lot that they the, – there's a lot that goes into it, but it is – it is disappointing to continue to see, like, the prospects have to fight each other. Like, we're talking about Olson or Bokaj. Like, which who's getting power play time there? Which which one of which one of these trigger men is not going to be on a, pow, a top power play unit because Charles Houdon is there instead? Yeah. You know, because Anton Bleed or Lucas Sedlak is taking that ice time, and you're just
2: like... Come it's- on, man. It's... The rest of this lineup includes AHL contracts and invites. Uh, obviously, AJ's guy is Torin Pfizer, friend of the show, and Cam Wright. He's my bet to be the Brandon Sage and score like four goals. Let's go! Uh, mm-hmm. And then a handful of other interesting players uh, from the Winnipeg. You have Connor McLennan. Uh, the, some various other names that had interesting years. I think, is it Rorsma that came from Portland? Um yeah, Lots of names that I will be honest are fun and interesting, but there's a very good chance that uh, you'll never see Gabe them again.
3: Klassen was the Portland kid. Classen
2: was Portland, okay.
3: Yeah. Where oh, the Avs obviously had uh, a lot of eyes this year with Jack O'Brien there, and then Classen was the one that they ended up giving the invite to. Yep. Either
2: had a good
3: year, scored 30 goals, so...
2: We'll see. Always interesting to see which, which kids yeah. you don't really know. Yeah,
3: and hopefully this year we get uh, names on the jersey so we can actually. But oh, we oh probably Lord.
2: won't.
1: We got it at Dev Camp. Yeah, which was nice. Yeah, very helpful
3: for that one day. Yeah. Anyway, um, there's a lot. There's a lot of interesting guys that are actually still here. It really does suck that we don't get, you know, Buliolsky, Steinberg, Barons, yeah. you know, Lieberman, some of those guys. It
0: does.
3: Uh, My man, if you're going to keep making the baloney joke, you've got to learn how to spell baloney properly.
0: It's interesting timing. I'm not sure what it's been now a couple of times, but I'm not sure what it's in response to that we've said that's like
3: Homer's.
2: I I don't know. We're talking
0: about avalanche prospects. We're not talking about anyone else.
2: I think we actively were like, hey, Olusen's not going to make the NHL pump the brakes. (laughs) Yeah, public perception on Olsen versus. Like,
3: like certainly, where we are with them is very different.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. There's a lot because if if we put out a poll, maybe we should put out a poll on the DNVR app's Twitter. Which prospect are you most excited to see at Dev Camp? And Myers, Olsen, uh, Ranta, and Onanen. I think Olison would probably win that. Yeah, probably. But I'm actually gonna do that right now because that's like
2: actually... You can go yeah. do that. We're wrapping up the show. Any final thoughts on the rookie stuff? Everybody,
3: everybody has to adopt one player that they that they have decided they are rooting for during rookie during the rookie showcase. <laughs> one, two, three, go! Not everybody all at once.
1: Uh, I don't know. Um,
3: you could go with the low yours? hanging fruit. Who's yours? Who's mine? It's Sampo.
1: Oh. Um, May. I'll say Megan. I can't believe you didn't have one immediately. There's for this.
0: few. That's why it's like I want to see Foodie Pop out. I want to see Cam Wright show out. I want all of the goalies to not allow any goals.
2: I. Okay, but life is about making choices. <laughs> pick Cam Wright and let's go.
0: say Cam Wright because he there's a lot of uncertainty about his role if it's well, going and to be.
1: Colorado i'm talking Eagle. about
3: prospects fighting prospects like a guy like cam wright's trying to make the eagles on an ahl deal yep so you know he. Uh,
2: anyway cam wright's a good pick i'm taking Zaravlyov. just because uh... i want a defenseman to talk about <laughs>
1: I am going to take that low-hanging fruit and just go with Ben Myers because I really think he's the one that actually matters this week.
2: There you go. I-M-O. It is pretty easy. Uh, You were going to say something there, Megan.
0: I was going to say, one time I interviewed Foodie last season, and he hopped away after the interview was over like, hopped away and it sprung to mind this imagery of like tigger bouncing on his tail that's how i imagine him on the ice now bouncing around out there because he's also just such a wonderful skater and i just wanted to share that it was a very strange interaction and i think it endeared <laughs> it to me that much more
2: he's a little goof droopy <laughs> cool.
0: we're,
2: we're just gonna have Nickname shirts sure it's ready to go for the entire Eagles cohort by the end of the season.
0: <laughs> I love that idea.
2: <laughs> okay. On that note, we're getting out of here for the day. Thank you everyone for hanging out with us. We appreciate you as always. Tomorrow is rookie camp day. We will be at the arena. I think all of us will be there. Uh, tentatively planning to be there. We'll see how my knee feels in the morning, but if it feels like at it does least today, a handful of there. us will be there. Um, So, yeah, that's going to be fun. And then Friday is the first game of the tournament. So, you know, come hang out for that stuff. Watch the streams, yada, yada. We hope to see you there. Until the next one, we will talk to you later.